Hey everybody, this is the Brood Life Podcast and I am your host, Brandon Hall. So grab a cup of coffee, sit down, and let's have a conversation today. Hey everybody, welcome to episode two of season one uh, in this series that we are calling Modern Man. I'm really excited because this week we are starting our interviews and conversations with others. And this week we're talking about what exactly is manliness or manhood. And I am really excited for you guys to hear my conversation with my friend Gabe Trevino. And you'll get to hear more about him and his background and experience uh, with his own examples of what a man is and what manliness is growing up and how he has been able to apply that in his own life with his family and those around him. So uh, just grab your coffee, sit back and listen, uh, enjoy this conversation. And uh, I hope you get a lot out of it because I got a lot out of it and uh, just take the time and listen to it and I am sure that somebody's going to get something out of this so I hope you enjoy the conversation with my friend Gabe so here we go Okay, everybody, uh, I'm here with uh, my friend uh, Gabriel Trevino, and uh, we're just going to have a conversation today about manhood and manliness. Uh, so thanks, Gabe, for coming on and for being part of this. Uh, if you just want to take a couple minutes and just introduce yourself and kind of give an uh, overview of who you are and what you do, and, uh, and we'll just go from there. Well, awesome, Brandon. Thank you so much for inviting me. Uh, to uh, the brood life, man. I love the name of your podcast. I really do. But uh, like you said, my name is Gabe Trevino, and uh, we, uh, my wife and I, actually are in a season of transition. We actually moved back to Georgia, and so we live outside of Atlanta right now, and and uh, we're really enjoying the season of our life. And uh, we were full time pastors in Jacksonville, Florida, for eight years, and. And uh, but we came back home to uh, uh, be here with her family and to help her mom and dad out. So um, we're we're still ministering, but we're also um, transformational life coaches. We really help people with not just, um, you know, ministry stuff or spiritual stuff, but actually with health stuff and and financial uh, situations. So it's it's been a lot of fun. We're enjoying like I said, we're enjoying the season. Uh, of our life. And it's uh, totally brand new for me. Um, been in ministry for nearly 20 years, uh, full-time church ministry. So kind of stepping away for a season has really been challenging, but uh, it's it's been a good challenge. And so we, my wife and I have been married for 20 years. And uh, yesterday was actually the anniversary of dating her for 23 years. <laughs> so, but uh, we've loved uh, every year of, of our marriage together and just knowing her has been been just uh, awesome for just fulfilling in my life and grateful for her. And uh, we have three amazing, fun, uh, just phenomenal kids. And um, all the way from 20, uh, 20-year-old are our oldest, and then 12-year-old is our son, and then our youngest uh, little girl, two-year-old. So our oldest daughter, uh, still lives in Florida, but the other two are with us, of course. And so, uh, life is definitely an adventure with all of them. So, uh, that's kind of a real quick snapshot of who we are, what I'm doing right now in my life. Awesome. Awesome. And we both have a mutual love for coffee and coffee mugs. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I love it, man. I, I, you know, honestly, I haven't even I haven't even counted how many mugs I have because I think <laughs> I think I would be in trouble with my wife. But uh, I have quite a few coffee mugs, uh, and the sad thing is, I'll, many of them are in storage right now. Uh, <laughs> so I miss my mugs, but we definitely have a love for coffee. Absolutely. 
Yes. Uh, every time I get a new mug, I have to make a deal with my wife. I have to get rid of one. So. Oh, no, dude, you are you're too good. <laughs> you are. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that right now. I don't know if I could do that. But yeah, uh, no, that's awesome. That's awesome. Good for you. Good for you. Let's, let me say it like that. <laughs> uh, so it's it's a it takes some self control sometimes, but uh, it does. It does. So uh, uh, just wanted to have you come on here, and we're just going to talk about just manhood and manliness and kind of like, I think there's a lot of stereotypes that go along with that, um, especially in our culture and, uh, and in the culture that, you know, we grew up in, but, um, and also even within the church, I think there's a lot of stereotypes about who a man is and what manliness is. And um, so just to kind of start out, I just wanted to, you to just kind of give an overview of like, what was represented to you as you were growing up as what manhood or uh, masculinity was? Sure. Well, you know, my, I, uh, my ethnicity is uh, Mexican American. So my parents are from, my mom's from Mexico. My dad is Mexican, you know, Mexican American. He was born here in the States, but we, you know, they grew up in a very Mexican culture in South Texas. Mm-hmm. So, you know, uh, growing up in a house with a Mexican mother and a Mexican father, um, who actually within the own, our own culture, uh, had two different point of views, honestly. Uh, um, my mom and her family grew up with a very, uh, religious Mexican mentality where men were the breadwinner. They were in charge, um, the word macho was used a lot, right? It was a very mm-hmm. masculine uh, culture. Um, and, uh, and that, you know, just hearing stories of how she grew up and how my grandfather was and my uncles were, and uh, it played a big role in how they treated uh, the, the women in their life, how they treated their spouses. And um, back then in, the, in that time, uh, it, it wasn't always good for the ladies. You know, it wasn't good for my aunts. Um, it was a very uh, hard uh, life at times um, for women back then, especially in, in, I don't know, I don't know any other culture than my own, but just sure. just hearing how um, my grandmother at times was treated and my aunts were treated. Uh, it, it was, it's tough to hear those stories, but uh men were taught that you, you led with a strong hand, you know, you led with, with a very uh, hard work ethic, but, you know, uh, and that somehow gave you the ability to lead hard in your families and in your marriages. And my dad, on the other hand, again, he's Hispanic, he's Mexican, but grew up in the States, born in, in, in the States. Um, he, they grew up with a different mentality, you know, uh, hard work ethic, but my grandfather didn't treat my grandmother like that. And so my dad never really knew he treated her with respect and he worked hard. And, and I'm sure there were moments of course, in any marriage, but, but my, my father didn't grow up seeing that and hearing that kind of tone and language. And so I grew up in a house where my father, um, you know, uh, worked hard, uh, loved his kids, um, loved my mom, um, you know, and, and there was at times a very, uh, I don't know how to say it, if it was, it was just different. The, 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 you can see the clash of culture even in our house because, you know, my mom knew one way being surrounded by her brothers and her father and seeing her sisters go through all of that. And then my father knew another way and he brought what he learned and how he grew up into their marriage. And, and at times it was, uh, it was at times confusing, but at the same time, I'm grateful that my dad, uh, you know, really just showed us from, uh, all of my life, even to this day, you know, a man worked hard, got up, went to work, provided for the family, um, loved his wife, uh, was the spiritual leader of his house, you know, um, and if he didn't understand that he, you know, surrounded himself with people who did. So we went to church, church wasn't an option for us as children, 
but it was something that brought value to us. And my dad showed us that, you know, my mom showed us that. And, um, and so uh, manliness uh, for my dad was never trying to show how tough you were. Uh, manliness was, you know, he showed us that by how much he loved us and um, the time he spent with us, um, you know, and as children, you know, I think about like the quick trips to the park or we lived in Illinois when I was really young at the time. And, and um, there was this public park that was, uh, that was just a free open park. And, and uh, man, it was a really cool park. And the animals were, there were bears and, you know, the petting zoo and all that. And I remember going to that park uh, quite often. And that was kind of my dad's way of getting us out of the house and take it after a long day of work. And, and, um, you know, that's, that's kind of the example as, as young, as I think about being a little boy, uh, for me, manliness wasn't tough. It was, it was love. And mm -hmm. so, um, so that was, that was, I'm grateful for that now as a father, you know, as a husband, um, that that was my example of what manliness meant or means to me. Um, and manhood, you know, again, I, I, I remember my, my dad told me one time that out of my mom's sisters, uh, she has six sisters and the majority of them at some point of their life were abused, right? Because of the culture at the time. Um, but my mom never experienced that with my father. Um, and uh, it's just not how he grew up. It's not what his dad taught him. And so, which obviously I, I'm extremely grateful for. Uh, yeah. That wasn't my life, that that wasn't my example. Um, and so I, I uh, yeah, I mean, even now, uh, that example of manliness for me has nothing to do with brute strength or big muscles or, you know, any of that, what sometimes society would throw at us, what, what is to be defined as manliness. But honestly, it, it's really being present in compassion and love. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah. I, I mean, just from listening to that story, it just sounds like that, uh, example and that experience that your dad gave you just uh, like really just broke that cycle of abuse that had happened in your mother's family for so long yeah absolutely absolutely and uh and you kind of touched on this a little bit but like thinking back on and on that experience of uh you having uh an example that you had uh, through your dad of, of manliness and manhood like how has that experience and that representation uh, impacted your life today? You know, again, it, it, it really, um, I think at some point every man has to determine or comes to a crossroad and determine what kind of man he wants to be, whether he had a great example or a bad example of, of, of men in his life or fathers. Um, and I just, I, I was, I'm grateful that when I got to that place in my life, you know, making those decisions as a young man, going off to college and, and having to make big decisions for myself when I met my wife and so on and so forth. I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that his example of, of manliness, you know, when I thought about how do I, how do I interact with this girl that I really believe I'm going to marry one day, you know, mm. um, came back to, my memory of how my father treated my mother or, you know, when my wife and I get into heated arguments or, or, um, you know, when we, even when we were dating, there was a moment where I walked away from her from a, a really big heated argument we were having. And I remember walking back to my dorm room and feeling like an idiot because I left her there vulnerable, hurting, not, you know, she, she felt like she wasn't heard. Uh, and, and, and I just walked away cause I didn't like the way the conversation was going. I remember my dad teaching me that that's not how a man operates. We don't, we don't operate with that kind of harsh emotion to other people, you know, and, and another person has taught me that is my father-in-law, you know, you mm -hmm. know, we, as men, we don't, 
we, we can have emotion, but we can't always lead with those emotions because sometimes those emotions can lie to us of how sure. we really feel. And so those conversations with my father and my father-in-law come up all the time now in my head and my spirit. And as I lead my family now, um, man, it's, it's huge. It's, it's, it's impacted me for a, a, in a huge way, in a, in a good way, you know, that I could take those principles that they've taught me over the years and now lead as a husband who honors his wife, you know, it's, it's an everyday uh, attempt, you know, because I mean, again, I'm human, you're human, we're, we're not perfect, but, but if we start off the day with the intention of honoring our, our brides and uh, I, even, honestly, even the way I say that uh, a long time ago, I don't even remember where I heard it from, but um, I remember hearing, oh, now I remember it was, it was an, uh, an he was, uh, he's passed away now, but he was a missionary for many, many years to a foreign country and he would always call his wife bride. Mm. And, and for, for that really, you know, like touched me, like, man, that, that puts that picture in your head of that, that woman that you were passionately in love with on that day that you, of, of your wedding. And, and I never, that, that to this day, I mean, the moment I, I heard that I'm like, one day I'm going to call my wife, my bride. And it, you know, again, it helps me to be able to lead her as a, as a husband that will love her all the days of her life, you know, all the days of my life with the same passion and even more from our wedding day on. And so like these little things that I've picked up, these little principles, these little sayings, these little uh, ideas of what it means to 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 love um, in a way that shows manhood in, in the most proper way has really helped me uh, with my marriage and and now as a father, how do I do that for my children and um, mm-hmm. how do I teach my son? You know, I have two girls and a son, and um, how do I teach my son how to be a man? In, in a culture that, that is really pushing back against manhood and pushing hard against being what it means to be a man and yet be sensitive, be compassionate, but yet be bold and courageous and, and, and be able to lead well. Um, you know, and that's, that's something that honestly, I, I think about a lot for him uh, just looking at the way the culture goes, you know? Um, yeah. And so that's been a huge, uh, I don't know if it's a concern or just something that I can cons- consistently think about when I talk to him of how I, when I, when I, there's a moment for a lesson for him, I want him to think about it with compassion, but yet don't be afraid to be courageous and lead, you know, uh, right. you know, it's, it's okay to, to, uh, to lead strong at times of your life. And, and so uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that answers your question, but you know. Yeah, no, no, that's great. I mean, and just kind of a follow-up question, and then something you had started to talk about is like how, in, how do you feel like you are expressing an example of that healthy uh, masculinity and manhood to your own children? Well, you know, um, my two girls are. Um, we adopted our oldest at, at 16 and we adopted our youngest at birth. And um, my oldest has gone through a lot in her life. She was a product of the system since age four. Mm-hmm. And so when we met her, she had already gone through a lifetime of pain and um, adoption once and returned and all kinds of stuff. It's a, it's a, it's a long story, but I, I can't imagine what everything she's gone through, but I do know that, that she experienced a lot of pain through men. Mm-hmm. And so when we uh, met her, uh, the really cool thing was that she connected with my, my son quickly. And that was kind of a safety place for her. Cause she wanted, she always wanted to be a big sister. And so 
I saw that that was something that I, because of that, I wanted to make sure that my son knew how to treat women and honor women and make sure that he always, you know, treated his sister well and with respect. And, um, but I also knew, um, that because she had, um, relationships with, with men that treated her wrong, um, even though it seemed like she gravitated towards me more than my wife, because she just felt like she had to find approval through me because of past relationships. Um, I made it really clear to my daughter in the beginning that I truly believe my wife truly believed that she was a gift to us and that we, you know, that, 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 that God gave her to us that we can show her what a family looks like, what parents look like that love their kids. Um, what a father. And I made it very clear to her. I said, I know that men have taken advantage of you. I'm going to spend the rest of my life showing you what a father is an appropriate father and how he loves his daughter. And I said that from, from early on, because I wanted her to understand my intention wasn't to take from her, but to add value to her. And, and so in, in, in the beginning, that was different for her, you know, um, but over the years, you know, um, we've gone through a lot with her even to this day, but she knows that we're her dad. I'm her dad and she, my wife's her mom. She knows that she can come to me with anything and then it's not, I'm not going to be angry with her, but I want to be there to help and protect her. And, and so being consistent, a positive, loving, compassionate, understanding, I don't always get it right, but I strive to do that because I know that she needs that healthy view of what a man looks like because, you know, one day she's going to meet a man that will capture her heart. And I want her to be able to, to choose a man that will honor her and love her for who she is with everything that she's gone through uh, and, and create a healthy life for her with her a man that loves the Lord for me. That's important. That's one of the top. And I told her that from the beginning, I remember, yeah. I remember being that dad very early on when there's a young man that was really interested in my daughter and we were pastoring in Jacksonville at the time. And, and I told her, I said, look, I know that you don't understand this, but I want to show you what a dad does. I said, I want to see him in my office. And she's like, dad. And I'm like, no, I'm serious. So he came in really polite guy and he sat down and uh, he goes, sir, I heard you wanted to talk to me. I said, yeah, I did. I said, I hear you want to be friends with my daughter. Because, yeah, she's really an amazing young woman. I said, you're right. She is an amazing young woman. I said, and that young woman has a family. And that young woman has a dad. And her dad wants to be friends with you. And if we can be friends, I said, then you can be friends with my daughter. And he kind of looked at me and he like smiled and I wasn't smiling. And she was, she realized I was being very serious. I said, if, I said, I just want you to understand that my job is to love my daughter and protect my daughter. I said, do you understand me? And he goes, yes, sir, I do. And you know, that night she asked me, she goes, dad, is that what dads are supposed to do? Mm. And the very fact that she said that was so, I mean, overwhel it overwhelmed me. But I said, if you let me be your dad for the rest of your life, I will always do my best to protect you. I said, that's what a father does. He loves his kids. He encourages them and he protects them. And ever since then, I mean, when we've gone through moments and we've gone through moments with her, um, at the end of the day, she realizes that, that we're there for her. And so, and then, and then with our youngest, when we adopted her, this story is, is amazing too, just because we, we got her at two days old, but we got to co-parent with her birth parents for a couple of days in the, in the, in, mm. her, in the hospital. And the young man, that's her birth father was so overwhelmed with all everything that was happening. And I looked at him, I remember going out to eat with him. I took him out to eat. I said, Hey, let's go get food for the ladies. I said, I said, go with me. And we were in the car and I looked at him and he's like, you know, I really appreciate you guys doing this. I said, well, you have no idea how much of a gift this little girl is to us. I said, I want you to know as a man, I, I'm just overwhelmed by your generosity. 
And I said, I want you to be proud of that, that you were able to step up in this season of your life. And he was younger than me. And I said, I can't even imagine what you're experiencing or going through in your heart. But I want you to understand that you are showing me what true manhood is right now. I know you love this little girl. And I said, I will spend the rest of my life giving her the life that she deserves, giving her options to have a beautiful life. I will work the rest of my life to do that. And that's my promise to you as a man. And, and so it was a really neat, and, and again, I'm pulling from these examples in my life, right? My father, my father-in-law, men that I've I just admired and trying to do my best to show this young man who is about to bless us with this little beautiful girl. And, um, and it was just a, an overwhelming moment of manhood, you know? Uh, for me, again, here's this man sacrificing. He was sacrificing, uh, struggling in the middle of it, but yet knew that this was the best thing for this little girl. And right. so, so it was, uh, you know, again, my, uh, just my goal is to show my kids um, and my wife that, that manhood isn't all about, you know, uh, brute strength. It's, it's about learning be, to be able to emotionally connect and yet lead strong and not be uh, embarrassed about that, but uh, yeah. be excited about that, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I definitely relate to that as a father myself and uh, you know, I've, my son is, is 13 and he's our oldest and then I have three girls. So wow. uh, I to totally relate to that. And our youngest is also too. Uh, cool. So, uh, but yeah, um, no, I'll, like I just, just like thinking, uh, you know, what you would talk about, like represent uh, rep how you represent that to your children, how it was represented to you growing up. Um, you know, and like thinking for myself, like, you know, growing up, you know, I grew up in, in the eighties and nineties and I, you know, even then, you know, culturally there wasn't a lot of great examples of, um, you know, real authentic masculinity and manhood. Right. Um, right. And, uh, you know, and like, and, and it's the same now, yeah. uh, you know, because, you know, we could spend a lot of time like being negative and like talking about all the bad things that are out there. But um, I mean, just like thinking back and like to when you were growing up and even now today um, and like with media and stuff like that being so prevalent, um, not just in society itself, um, but also in the church, because I, you know, there hasn't always been great representations of healthy masculinity in the church. Like, how do you feel that ma that manhood and masculinity is represented in both society and in the church today? You know, um, I'm trying to remember, I think a few years ago, there had seemed to be this immediate uh, turn on what it meant to be a man in, in our society. A lot mm -hmm. of dads were playing roles that were, they were either acting stupid or they, you know, the family would just tolerate that or they, mm, yeah. you know, there was a lot of that going on. You know, dad never made sense. I'll oh, just let him go do his own thing, you know, and it was, and, and, and I remember saying to myself, I'm like, what is going on in this moment? Well, like, when did this happen? Like, and, you know, there was so much going around the globe and, and, um, you know, and, and, and the problem is this is, again, you're right. We can go off on how horrible manhood has been shown in, in society. And, <clears throat> and the reality is when men have had an opportunity to lead, and they didn't have a good example, it, it impacts them. It changes how they lead in the public life. It changes them, whether they're in Hollywood or in Washington or in the middle of the country. And if yep. they have any form of influence and they don't harness that influence in a good way and in, in, in to help people or to serve people, of course, when it gets attacked, not just them, but, oh, he's a man. So now all men act like this or all men think like this or all... You right. know, and so that's something I think as guys, we need to, we really do need to think about how we, how we um, interact with society is, is, is huge. 
uh, whether you're in the community just going to Walmart or whether you're you're in the church. You know, you look at the church. Um, again, I again I grew up in a Spanish uh, Hispanic culture, and I remember getting to church and walking into the door, and all the men would sit in the back two pews, not because they had to or not because it was some weird cultural thing. They just they didn't want to sit up front with the women, you know, oh, it's mm. the women and the women and the children up front and let the women and the children up front and the pastor over there preach. And we'll step back here and we'll wait for the ladies to get done. And rarely was it I saw a man serving um, in the church because for some reason in their example was, well, the women were the religious ones and we mm. just made sure they got to church. You know, well, yeah. my my dad shattered that because my dad is still to this day is is one of my heroes of the faith because this man you know he's 70 years old works hard every day has his own business in in his town there and he's known as a, a preacher but he's he has a cleaning company yeah they know they know him as a preacher because he walks into places and people literally bank presidents to janitors will come up and say Oscar would you pray for me you know he mm. leads he leads on the platform that he has, and it doesn't change him. It doesn't, it doesn't matter if he's cleaning a toilet, which he does, or he's sitting in an office chair with a banker, uh, a president of a bank, which he has, praying with them over their son or with their wife. Or, you know, I've, I've, I've seen my dad live his faith out as a man, not holding himself back and saying, I'm going to lead strong in my faith. And, and, you know, even even today as a pastor, I, I've seen it uh, in our church, you know, in, in the past and in ministry alone, where, again, there's this thing happening where the women are trying to lead again. And there's nothing wrong with that. I love that. I mean, most of my staff were women. You know, I had staff pastors yeah. that were women. And that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about spiritually leading there's a parent, there's a father and a mother, and the mother's doing all the leading. And that impacts kids, that impacts the marriage, that impacts the church. Uh, there, is, there is something beautiful about when you see a man and a woman leading together in their family. The family is stronger. There is a secure feeling within the children. Um, I mean, I've seen when a divorce happens and how it how it just hurts the kids, hurts the man, hurts the woman. But, man, it devastates the children in the church. And they don't understand, you know, we were going to church and how did this happen? But yet, because there was a moment where people were confused and didn't want to lead together. They didn't want to do life together. They didn't want to. And I'm seeing this again in the church. You know, I've heard it. I'm sure you've heard it where more than 50% of the church people have gone through a divorce. Life right. happens. We've gone through those things and things, but that doesn't stop us. That shouldn't stop us from wanting to say, okay, I want to take what I've learned and I want to bring value out of what I've walked through. And I want to help yeah. lead and, and, and be a better husband or be a better wife or, you know, help my children understand that, um, that no matter what happens, we can still lead strong or, you know, again, I, 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 when I get on this topic about what, how, how society looks at men, um, you know, we look again in culture and people, men have, who have had great influence have squandered that, that moment. And when that happens, the culture, the, the, the impact on the culture is so devastating, um, uh, same thing in the church. I mean, how many things have we heard of pastors doing something and all of a sudden the church gets another black eye or another, another pastor falls and, you know, here we go again. And, um, yeah. and again, it's just, we have to get back to the place of understanding that they're going to be moments. Like I know that there are going to be people listening to this and saying, you know, yeah, there's a lot of bad things that have happened, but but here's the reality: you and I, every day, despite the despite our circumstances and despite our examples, you know, I know a lot of friends of mine have had no dads or they've had horrible relationships with their dads, and yet 
there was something in them that said, I want to do better. Mm. I want to be a yeah. better man. I want to, I want to be able to lead differently. Um, I've had conversations with guys that say, you know, I remember this moment in my family and it took me back to a little boy and it scared me. And I, and I started to get angry and I started to lead from anger, but something inside of me said, don't do that. Lead differently. You know, we have the ability to do that despite right. what society says, despite what happens in the church. Um, and again, my dad's not perfect. We've had moments, you know, he has, he's had moments uh, as when we were kids and as adults. And, but yet I love his consistency of wanting to be a better man every single day and, and, and wanting to be a better example to everybody around him. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I, I mean, I don't know if that answered your question, but um, you know, I, I, I think when men, really value that opportunity that they have to lead. I mean, really value it. Understand that if they're leading, say, in a, in a public forum, whether a politician or a, an athlete or a, an actor or, you know, where you're noticed, right? Uh, when they begin to lead uh, from, a, from a place of honor and show people what manhood really is, you know, for, let's, let's, let's talk about this. Right now, this whole Kanye West thing, right? Right. It, that that is, we've seen it blown up. Uh, I've I've watched the interviews. People are trying to figure this guy out. Um, he is messing with everybody's head right now. Everybody's yeah. head yeah. from the church uh, to the coffee house. You know what I'm saying? He's talking. Yep. He, it's 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 really messing with people because they thought the way he used to be you know, he created this, this image for himself and what, what manhood should act like or be like, or the life where he came from and all this. And he's, he's, he's flipped it on them. And now Mm -hmm. he's talking about, man, I don't want to go out. I just want to be at home with my family. I want to be with my wife. You know, I actually, I actually want to read the Bible. It's changed my life. You know, he's saying all these that contradicting manhood compared to culture. You know what I'm saying? Right. Culture had right. this, this image of him, of, of this guy, and now he's flipped it. And now people have to wrestle with that. You know, I don't yeah. know Kanye West, but it's definitely challenged me to hear him speak the way he's speaking, not questioning yeah. his faith, but to hear this man that at one point made a lot of mistakes. And he says, yeah, I messed up. I made a lot of things, but I was sleeping then. And now I'm awake. I'm awake and I see my responsibilities and I see what I'm called to do. And I'm see, I see my purpose. And when, when, when a man wakes up, it shifts something in him and he mm. begins to yeah. lead differently and speak differently and act differently. And it, it will rub people the wrong way because they used to know us like that guy. But now we're this person who is actually saying, I have to change the way I am because I want to be a better person. I want to be a better man, a better husband, a better father. And, uh, and for me, Brandon, that's, that's every day. I I want to be, I want to be better today than I was yesterday. I want to love my wife more today than I did yesterday. I want my son, you know, one of the things I love about my son, he's 12 years old. And from the very first day I saw this kid, we waited seven years to have, and we struggled to have kids biologically. Doctors said we should never have, we wouldn't have, we, there was, it was almost impossible for us to have kids. So he's our miracle son. And from the very first day I saw him, I said to him, I love you. And I'll never stop telling you, I love you. Mm, he's good. 12 years old today. And he tells me all the time, dad, I love you. Dad, I love you. We could be out and about in a crowd and he'll say, dad, he'll just say it out loud. Dad, I love you. And I've seen people look at him like with a a, a kind of a weird look at one time, you know, like what's this kid doing? Because it's, (laughs) it's almost odd for them to hear a 12 year old tell his father, I love you and actually mean it. Yeah. And, and, and I, and I understand the reason 
that's happened is because I prioritized telling him that. And the reason mm. I prioritized it was because my father prioritized it. Yeah, that's good. And so it's, again, when we wake up and we begin to lead like men, because I think a man who begins to lead his family well, he woke up. You know, he wants to, because I have a responsibility to help my wife as we do this life together to raise healthy and strong children who will be, uh, who will bring some value to this world. And my job is to help them walk through those moments that are tough and then give them the tools and speak life into them as a father. Mm. And so, and I think that's one of the manliest things I can do to tell my son, I love you. I got home today uh, from working out and we homeschool our son. And, and I went, I went up to him. I said, buddy, you, you done with school? He's like, yeah, dad, I got it done in an hour and a half. I got all my work done. And I grabbed him and I said, buddy, I am so proud of you. I know you can do this. Those words I know are building him up. Yeah, I know, absolutely. I know, I know they're encouraging him. And when I see my little girl and she gets excited and she goes, daddy, 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 daddy. And she jumps in my arms and I grab her and I look at her. I said, I'm so grateful for you. I want her to hear that coming from a man as much as possible, because I know that one day some guy is going to come and he's going to talk. He better talk to me. I'm just saying he better talk to me. And uh, (laughs) he's going to come and he's going to tell me that he's interested in my little girl. And I'm going to have to make sure that that she knows what what a man that loves Jesus looks like, what a man that loves his wife looks like, what a man that loves his kid looks like. And I'm, I'm, I'm getting her ready for that now. And so, so when that guy comes and he's serious about her, and he's talking about marriage, and he's talking about a life with her, that she's going to be able to say for herself, absolutely, that's the kind of man I want to marry or no, buddy, you're, you're nowhere near what my father showed me I should be treated like. You know, mm-hmm. I don't, that's, so I'm preparing her for that. I'm doing that with my oldest and I haven't spent most of her life with, she hasn't been with us most of her life, but every day I text her, every day I call her, every day I connect with her and remind her that she's our daughter, that she's not out there by herself. She has a father, she has a mother. And so, because I understand that the world has given them a picture of manhood and it's distorted, you know, it really is. And she has lived a life of men who have hurt her and it's a distorted view of what man manhood looks like. And, and I want to make sure that my kids have a healthy view, not a perfect view. Again, I'm not perfect, bro, but a definitely a healthy view of sure. what manhood looks like in, in our culture and also the church. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. No, I think that's really important too. Um, yeah, that's awesome. That's perfect. Uh, and so I, uh, and you touched on this a little bit uh, when we were just talking, but I'm sure there's guys that are listening to this uh, conversation and, um, uh, you know, maybe they didn't grow up with a father that was present at all or men in their life that were good examples of what, you know, authentic and real masculinity and manhood was. And they didn't have those examples to go by, but they want to become that. You know, what's a, what's a piece of advice that you would give to men out there that are in that situation that didn't have the example of authentic masculinity growing up, but want to become a better man now for their own, you know, families or just for themselves. You know, I I love this. I love this quote. It says success drops clues and leaves clues. As a pastor, one of my goals was to find who had healthy marriages who had Mm. healthy relationships with their kids, that they were doing ministry together, life together, not just ministry, but life together. They actually genuinely, authentically loved being together. And I looked for those guys and I wanted to surround my life with those guys because they were doing something that I wanted to accomplish. They were leaving clues. So I went to go find them and I asked, hey, would you you speak into my life? I want to give you permission to speak into my life, but also to help me become a better, not just a better pastor, but a better husband and a better father. Mm 
because you're doing that. And of course, a lot of them are like, oh, I'm just, I'm just doing what I know how to do. No, you're successful at this. And so, you know, if, if there are guys listening to this man, they, they didn't have a father or they didn't, you know, didn't have a good example as a father, uh, you're going, if you want to experience a fulfilled life and be the man that you know you can be, but you don't know how, look for the men that are dropping those clues right now in your life. I know yeah. I, there has to be at least one guy in your life that you see. I, I was speaking to a young father today. He and his wife, his wife grew up in our youth group and, you know, they adopted recently three siblings and they have one biological son and, and, and he's overwhelmed. He's tired. He's, he's, he's a stay at home dad. He, you know, his wife has a, a great job and he's like, look, I'll stay home with the kids and I'll do everything. And we, he and I met for coffee today and we were talking about this. In fact, we we're talking about, you know, and I asked him, I said, you know, what do you think your purpose is? And he's like, oh, you know, just to be there for my kids. You know, I really want to be, you know, and, and, and he goes, I just didn't know how to do that because I didn't have a great father. You know, I, my dad was always in prison, out of prison. And, uh, and he looked at me and I looked at him and I said, look, if you're willing to do this, I would love to meet with you every week. Let's meet together. Let's spend some time together. Let's talk about life. Let's talk about whatever. I don't really care. I, I know that you and I both need this, you know, and I said, I've been married longer. You know, we're, our kids, they have a little one, a two-year-old too. And so it's weird because I've known this girl from a teenager and now we have kids around the same age, but yeah. I said, we could be here for one another to encourage each other. I said, because we want the same thing. We want healthy kids who are going to bring value to this world. And he yeah. looked at me, he goes, I've never had that before. And so I offered myself to say, Hey, I want to help you become that man that you know, you could be. And I think guys, I think they're going to, we're just going to have to, you know, for lack of a better term, man up at that moment and say, Hey, uh, you know, I see something in you that I really want to be a part of my life. Would, would you mind speaking into my life? Mm. And don't, don't wait for someone to come to you. You go to find that you go ask yeah. for the help. You go ask for that mentorship. Um, and I'm telling you, man, rarely has a, has another guy when I've gone to them, a pastor or a friend, ever say no to that they want to invest you know uh they know they're not perfect but man what i do have i want to pass down because if it means that this guy will find purpose and his kids will be healthier and 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 find their identity and their purpose man how could i lose at that and that's a that's a win and so my advice is if you don't have that father figure, if you, if you didn't have a dad in your life, look for men that have that heart of a father and ask them to mentor you, ask them to speak into your life, give them permission to do that. Mm, and don't, yeah. don't, don't be offended by it, but give them permission to say, if you see me screwing this up, please immediately speak into my life. Yeah. And, uh, and, you know, and we have several young adults that have grown up in our ministry that we, get to be, you know, parents to, because they're young parents now. And, and they call me, they, they ask, Hey, what do you think about this? Or what do you think about that? And, and that is just out of relationship, you know, over the years. And I take that very serious, you know, I really do. Yeah. And uh, because I know it brings value to them and it, and it helps me to remember my purpose, why I'm here. And so, um, so that would be my advice. That's awesome. You know, that's great. Um, yeah. Awesome. Well, uh, that's really, I mean, we covered a lot and that's what I have. And I just wanted to say thanks for doing this and for sharing your heart. I think that there's going to be a lot of people, uh, that will get a lot out of what you said and be impacted by it. I know that I did. Um, so yeah, thanks for doing this. Absolutely. My friend, it was an honor and, uh, I'm hoping and praying that, uh, some value, <laughs> came out of yeah. today it was pretty cool yeah appreciate it yeah absolutely and uh, before we go uh if you want to share if anybody uh has any interest in like what you do or reaching out to you is there what's the best way for them to reach out to you and get in contact with you man my wife and i are on facebook um and uh instagram 
but uh, my, I mean, honestly, it's my Facebook is the best way to get a hold of us. It's okay. uh, it's Gabriel uh, Trevino, um, and uh, that's as simple as as it is right there. So it's is uh, you can they can awesome. find me on Facebook there, and um, it'd be great to help out if anyone has any questions or whatever we can do. Um, you know, I'm always up for hanging out with folks and, and again, I'm a pastor, so I love going to speak, um, on with men or to the church or whatever. So yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Okay. Well, I, uh, that's awesome. So thanks again for, uh, doing this. I really appreciate it. And I really, uh, am, I really think that people are going to get a lot of what uh, we talked about today and get a lot out of this. So I appreciate it. Yes, sir. It was an honor. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem. All right. God bless. So I hope you guys enjoyed that conversation as much as I did and that you came away with some ideas and some pointers for maybe improving something in your own life or just a better understanding of another way to look at manliness or what manhood is. So uh, if you enjoyed this episode and you know somebody that could get something out of it, please share this with anybody you think would benefit from this conversation. And whatever platform that you are listening to this on, go out and uh, just give us a rating and a review. And I would really appreciate that. If you want to follow along or get in contact, you are able to do that by following me on all social media platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, uh, at the underscore brood underscore life. And if you go to the homepage for this podcast, which is anchor.fm forward slash the brood life, they have this great feature where you can leave me a voice message where you can ask me a question uh, or maybe you have insight or a statement that you want to make about something you heard or one of the episodes you can go out there and do that and i can respond to you directly and i may even include it as part of one of the episodes so hope you enjoy this episode and i will see you next week